Hailing frequencies open, and welcome to Star Trek Discoverage, the live podcast that boldly goes into excruciating detail about this week's episode of Star Trek Discovery. I'm your host, Aaron Coker, a.k.a. Caliban, and I, too, contain a certain percentage of joy, sadness, peacefulness, irritation, surprise, and fear, minus the joy and peacefulness. Joining me on the show, as usual, is my co-host. She's also the co-host of the Generations Geek podcast, a more or less family-friendly celebration of geekdom. It's Ella Pearson. Ella, welcome back to Discoverage. Thank you. It's great to be back here on a Thursday night watching Star Trek. Uh, it just feels it just feels right somehow. It should. We've been doing it for a long time. <laughs> oh, but I mean, going on what, five years? Uh, just about. Yeah, just about. Every <laughs> single episode of every new Star Trek show. But there's nobody else that I'd rather do it with. Me neither. This is where I want to be every Thursday night. Yes. Uh, and maybe the cat will join us later. Who, who can say? <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the news in the world of Star Trek, like we usually do at the start of the show. Uh, sad news to start our news segment at the start of the show. Uh, actress Laurel Goodwin has passed away. Uh, she is the last or was the last uh, living member of the uh, cast of the original pilot, The Cage. Uh, she's passed away at the age of 79. Uh, she was an actress in the 60s and 70s and is known for being in The Cage. And she was also uh, played opposite Elvis Presley in his 1962 feature, Girls, Girls, Girls. Wow, that's wild. I didn't know that she was with uh, Elvis. She was one of the girls. Yeah, in one of the three. Yes, yes. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it's sad. I mean, when you are a fan of a show or in the franchise that's been around for almost 60 years, um, you know, this happens. But... Um, it's weird to think that, uh, that everybody from that original pilot is gone. Um, as we are on the cusp of launching a brand new series based specifically on that pilot. Uh, so I don't know if she had been keeping track of Star Trek or, or was interested at all. Uh, but be interesting to see. I don't know if they're going to be, if there'll be a, uh, a Yeoman cult character, you know, in, in Strange New Worlds, but... Um, it would be very nice if they uh, if they dedicated uh, you know one of the episodes to her. I mean, she must have known, right? Somebody, must, you know, oh, somebody yeah. must have told her. A grandkid, someone. Yeah, somebody. Yeah, right. Grandma, <laughs> did you know that they're going to make this crazy <laughs> show based on that pilot that didn't go that you did fifty years Remember ago? Remember that one episode <laughs> of Star Trek you did, and then it turned into a gigantic franchise. Right. Right. Uh, but but you weren't on board for that, so yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's funny to think that um, you know, of course, the second pilot is the one that did go, and um, you know, of all the people left in that, you know, we've got uh, George Takei, of course, William Shatner, who William Shatner, he's going to put us all on the ground, I think, right? Like, there's nothing's going to stop that guy. Uh, he do he doesn't even. I don't think he even like eats or sleeps. He's just like. <laughs> You know, yeah. he just exists. He has Priceline negotiated with the Grim Reaper <laughs> and gotten the best deal he can. So well, It's like in The Sims and the Grim Reaper comes and they're like, no, no, no. no. And he's like, okay, sorry. <laughs> right. He's like, oh, that. he's like, okay. And he just leaves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, um, we'll be, of course, covering uh, Strange New Worlds uh, in the future on this show. But with some Strange New Worlds related news, have you seen the Strange New Worlds trailer that just came out? I have. Mm -hmm. What'd you think? Um, and uh, I liked it. it. It honestly, it made me really excited. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if it's going to be my favorite of the new shows so far. Yeah. Um, I did not know it had dropped except for that, um, 
my friend and our previous guest on the podcast, Mo, at Sound of Cosplay yeah. on Twitter, messaged me and just said, shirtless Spock in the Strange New World <laughs> teaser. And I was like, what did she say? <laughs> um, so it was very funny. But yeah, I watched it. And I thought I was going to, I'm like super stoked. I feel like the more I see it, the more excited I am. Yeah, yeah. I wish I could grow a beard because then I could do... Uh... Uh, sad cowboy uh, Captain Pike <laughs> cosplay. <laughs> That's so funny because I was just thinking today, and this, you know, we'll get to this on the next on our next episode. But yeah. that uh, Frage, if anyone knows Frage, should do a Q cosplay. Oh yeah, yeah. He has the little the little beard. <laughs> yeah, on. right. Yeah. So yeah, interesting glimpses as to what we're seeing. Uh, people are already uh, making theories. Uh, maybe we'll, um, in a future show, talk about some of our um, extended thoughts as far as that goes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, looks like they've got a they got a show going, and um, it's it's interesting what they're trying to imply. Like I don't know, we don't know where we're picking up the story exactly. We don't know what's going on with with uh, Pike or or what he's thinking. Clearly, he's out you know, on his ranch and riding around and doing something. I thought it was funny that... He's uh, a horse girl. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, what can we say? They're in the 23rd century, but they've got... He's got uh, a windmill, uh, energy-generating windmills on his property, which is like... It's, it's great. for the vibe. I'm glad that the future's green, but I would hope that they would come up with something a little better than, than windmills. But who knows? I don't know how they run the grid on Earth in the future. But good that they're thinking about that. He just wants to be self-sufficient. He wants to live, you know, off the grid. Absolutely. He's got those high-tech windmills. He's got his horses. That's all he needs. That's right. No razors. No razors. Yeah. No razor, my pony, and me, and my windmill. Exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, let's talk about one more story before we move to our feature for this week. Um, of course, we're going to be talking about... Uh, Picard uh, on our next hour at nine o'clock. But before then, I want to mention that Picard season three has wrapped production and apparently has wrapped on the series. Uh, this had been kind of kicked around as a news story unconfirmed a couple weeks ago uh, when I think Patrick Stewart was being interviewed by somebody and he said something about the series wrapping up and people were unsure if he meant the entire series or just the uh, the end of production on the third season, um, mm -hmm. people thought that maybe he had slipped and said uh, series because, of course, they call uh, TV show seasons series in the UK where he's from. But apparently, no, uh, they are done uh, with the show. Uh, the executive producer and writer Christopher Monfett uh, had tw uh, posted on Twitter, uh, wrap on season three as you watch and enjoy season two. Know that the final chapter in his story is a remarkable thing. And uh, has it basically just confirmed that that's the end of season three? Also, Jerry Ryan uh, tweeted similar and said uh, in response to somebody who said series wrap, she said, nope, it was always intended to be three and done. So it seems like three seasons is it for Star Trek Picard. Wow, I hadn't read that. That's so interesting. I kind of like... I'm really, I've really been enjoying, especially the second season so far. Mm -hmm. um, but I kind of respect them for the, like, getting three out and then done. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm shocked that they're done with the third, like they've wrapped on the third season already. But, um, you know, it's always better to do, like, three instead of, like, six. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's always, you don't want to condense it to the good stuff. You don't want a... Um, you know, you don't want to get to like 15 seasons. 
show and it goes off the rail you know at like six or whatever like yeah so i that that's great i think i'll miss it yeah really i've been really and you know we'll talk about this on our next stream but i really these first episodes of card have been very impressed by so i hope that uh that's how i continue to feel yeah um especially i mean we're just doing the next uh, hour of the show right now but like especially with what we've seen so far you know, I have gotten pretty excited about this world. It's also, as we've talked about before, kind of the sequel to uh, the 90s and 2000s Trek, you know, that I that I love so much. And so for them to say goodbye to this world after only three seasons, like, I understand. But I hope they s- continue in some way. I feel like for the last, you know, five years or so we've been doing this show, they've kind of been... Everything that's kind of rumored to be a show has eventually either become a show or continues to be in development. Someday we'll get this Section 31 show um, and, and the uh, Academy show. And so I'm kind of waiting for the next round of things that they are kind of seeding, kind of, you know, kicking around as ideas. And I would hope that, like you know, a Rio show or a Fenris Rangers show, you know, or something still set in that time period in that world will pick up the torch where Picard leaves it. Because I'd hate to just leave that era behind. I'm really enjoying uh, seeing it so far. Yeah, I mean, I feel like maybe, I mean, I'm really enjoying it too. I feel like maybe they're, they've like, they've hooked us all in with this stuff like, oh, Picard's back or like whatever. And yeah. they're like, oh, uh, you you want Spock? You want Pike? And now maybe they're going to wrap up Picard and start a show that's, you know, yeah. all its own show. Start the Academy, maybe. All new characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be the next show that I would want. I would want, I don't, you know, screw Section 31. I want the Academy show next. Yeah. The Ang- Ang- Agnes Gerardi Comedy Hour coming up. Uh... <laughs> In 2023. Uh, Just wacky skits with Agnes. Uh, But anyway, if you want to hear more talk like that, we'll be back at 9 o'clock to talk about the latest episode of Picard. Uh, But first, we've just seen the 12th episode of the fourth season of Star Trek Discovery. It's an episode called Species 10C. We're here to talk all about it. But first, as always, a warning. We are uh, setting a course for the Spoiler Zone listeners. So be warned. We're glad you decided to join us. But spoilers are incoming. The official synopsis for Species 10C is, As the DMA approaches Earth and Navarre, Captain Burnham and the crew of the USS Discovery uh, attempt to make first contact with the powerful species responsible before it's too late. This episode was written by Kyle Jaro and directed by Olatunde Otsunsamni. Um, there is no real facts about the episode. We're kind of, uh, you know, deep into season four here and uh, at, with the penultimate episode. So just talking about the episode, what'd you think about the episode? What'd you think about Species 10C? I really liked it. Yeah. Like, I thought it was amazing. I don't remember the last time that I, I watched a Star Trek episode that was so focused on a first contact with the species that felt so, like, actually alien. Yeah. Or, like, watching them figure out the language was so, so mm-hmm. cool. And the, like, the excitement and, and also, like, danger of it. Because, mm-hmm. like, you know, they're in Starfleet, too. This is one of the big aspects of being in Starfleet, especially as, you know, for Burnham as a captain, yeah. is to, like, make first contact um uh, you know assuming you're not serving on you know a, a second class vessel you know this is <laughs> second this contact big right right yeah um <laughs> but yeah i was really i mean i was like wildly impressed to be honest i don't know i mean what did you think uh i thought that it was good i thought that it was um it was a, it was an interesting um approach to it and just echoing what you said i thought that it was um great for them to sort of dig into this premise. Let's just say that 
I I enjoyed the arrival of species 10C. Huh? <laughs> I was also going to bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the big window. Yeah, you know, right. With the, yeah. The cloudy window is really what gives it the, it, it makes you think arrival with the language aspect and then the huge cloudy. Right. Screen. Yeah. We can't yeah. talk to the, give me a dry erase board. We can't talk to these guys. Yeah. I'm I, like, where's Jeremy Renner? I right. <laughs> Rachel Special guest star. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, and that's fine. Yeah, I mean, you know, the cross pollination like that is it happens all the time in sci fi series. But somebody definitely looked at the the back of Discovery and the the open shuttle bay and thought, you know, what we could do? Yeah, I got an idea of what we can do. Uh, so them sitting down and and having to go through, you know, the, the idea that they've got a certain syntax and you need a certain context and the way that they unlock the language, I thought was really interesting. What I didn't think was great structurally was, you know, putting it in like the, the penultimate kind of episode. You know, the last couple of shows we've talked about the kind of mid-season mid doldrums, you know, how the show has slowed down a little bit. And maybe if it had, I don't know how you'd rearrange it, but maybe if it had been there and then we're just kind of ramping up into the final conflict with the last two, um, I, I personally, I think that might have um, worked a little better in terms of structure, but I like that they, that they did this. Also the fact that I know that they're all geniuses and you've got, uh, Saru who speaks like a million languages and you've got, uh, Burnham's a genius and you've got all these great minds. They figure it out in like 10 minutes. Like if it's really that tough, like it should probably take more than just 10 minutes. Uh, so if it had been something like the sphere data where it's like, we've got this message, but we're, you know, taking time to decode it. But you know, that being said, I, I'm really glad that an episode like this uh, exists in Star Trek. Um, it's exactly the kind of thing that we should be doing, you know, if we're trying to talk to Paul Winfield, you know, with memes or, or, you know, if we're trying to figure out what the bug people are saying, it's a very Star Trek type plot. And I like it for that reason. Me too. And I think, I mean, I also was thinking at the end of this episode, I was like, wait, next week is the finale. Yeah. Like what are they yeah. going to do? And I was wishing that it had been like earlier in the season, but then like, how long do you drag that? out at the beginning you know and i mean i think you know using this too it's like i don't know how i would rearrange it but i do wish it's like this episode i just thought was so like phenomenal and really stood out compared to the previous episodes in the season mm -hmm. um so yeah i don't know i'm really excited for next week as well yeah i think it's definitely the best of this this back half of the, of the season so far um a couple different thoughts that i was having uh, as we went through the show i think it's I think it's so um, <laughs> something else uh, when they go to the uh, we want our crew to be involved, but it's like these great minds can't figure it out. And then like, well, bring bring Detmer, bring the pilot down here, <laughs> bring Nelson and her wig down here, you know, bring Lieutenant Christopher down here, our new communications officer who hasn't got to do much yet. And then immediately he gets to do something and helps them figure it out. So I thought that that was, you know, that was kind of neat. Um, but uh, but yeah, um I don't know if you've ever, uh, so they make contact and they do the flashing lights, you know, very reminiscent of, you know, close encounters of the word kind. Um, and they're sent this craft or this vessel uh, by the 10C. Have you ever seen the Disney movie from the 80s, Flight of the Navigator? Well, um, describe what happens in Flight of the Navigator. Uh, um, it, 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 there's a kid. There's a kid. And... He meets aliens, basically. An alien craft gets sent to Earth, and the kid is taken by the craft. 
but he doesn't remember it. And so he's returned to Earth 10 years later and he's still the same age and his parents are freaked out. But then he goes back and he meets the craft again in like an Area 51 facility and, you know, has a friendship with him and, and learns to fly the craft around. It's kind of a like a fun thing. It's one of the first movies to use like extensive kind of CGI effects. And the craft in that is this like silver blob. But it can yeah, sort of I'm, like... I definitely haven't seen it, but I'm looking at it right now and it does... I see... I see why you brought it up. It can change and kind of reconfigure uh, and grow doors or, or change its sort of shape. And it's like, that's kind of what I thought of. It's like, yeah, if you had this species that was very advanced, like these guys are big squid things, right? Like, do they have spaceships? Like, how do they even do it? They seem to like... Are, I mean, they send out they squid things? They send out for mining. You know, they're like, no, 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 we're going to door dash our, our boronite or whatever. And so if they're going to deal with these little talky two-legged things they're like okay here's here's a blob of stuff and it'll just sort of like you know make whatever you need make your atmosphere i thought that was like a cool idea also just pretty on both sides pretty bold they're like we'll just send this thing through the through the force field on the back of their ship like it's we'll put it through the back door yeah right it's fine yeah and then they're like yeah i guess we'll get on that sure yeah (laughs) Well, that's a, hey, you gotta, that's to boldly yeah. go, you know, risk is their business sure. at some point. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I just read, um, this book called Saturn run. Hmm. Have you heard this? You know what I'm talking about? Um, and in the, they basically make, it's basically a first contact story, but it's much more of like our, it, it's kind of like if the Martian was like first contact, like there's lots of science in it. And they make first contact, uh, but it's like an it's like an AI. It's not the actual aliens. Anyways, it just reminded me of that because it's like they get there finally, and the, you know they spent like a year getting to Saturn to find out what the why there's a ship there, and then they get there and it's like this huge thing, and they just go on there, and then when they get there, you're like, and now I guess this is what we meant to do the whole time, but now we're really just gonna walk. We're gonna put our little boots on the ground down here, like I guess <laughs> we're astronauts. Yeah, right. Yeah. When they first went to the moon, they they were pretty sure, but they couldn't be totally sure that the lunar dust wouldn't be meters and meters thick. You know, this dead planet with no erosion uh, or past, you know, the meteor impacts that created it. So they didn't know if I've the lamb, if the lamb would just go foop and that would be like three astronauts have died today and they, you know, slipped the surly bonds of Earth. Can you imagine? As it turned out, you know, it was fine, if you believe that the moon landing <laughs> happened at all. But, uh, but no, it was fine, but they didn't know. It reminds me of, um, of Contact, you know, the book and the movie, um, where not only do they have to interpret the message that they receive from the, the Vegans, but also at some point, Jodie Foster's just got to go in this thing. As like, we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, you know, and, or like Arrival with the Bird, the Canary in the coal mine yeah. thing. It's like, we're really, it's kind of spooky. Yeah. I mean, what? it turned out okay-ish, you know, even though book, book and Tarka. Yeah, we don't know if we're oh, making really friends or if it's a desire for more for more cows. We don't know. Um, oh, exactly. I feel like book biffed it. I feel like, well, Tarka maybe, technically this episode. I feel like Tarka biffed it. Yeah. Like, I feel like Tarka spooked him. It doesn't, you know... Uh, I don't think that, like, we don't have to be fooled by a twist. I think that we kind of felt like this is kind of where it was going to end up, right? At some point, Book um, would be presented an alternative. He would be pushed too far. 
and and react and Tarka would you know want to take it all the way which is you know more or less what we got um I like the fact that uh that it, it was Jet Reno that got to be um the kind of catalyst for that to sort of like help book you know make that step to like well, let's, let's let's not do this this is dumb um although I wonder <laughs> you know, before they started shooting this season, they said that, you know, uh, Tig Notar wouldn't be around a lot because she was busy with other stuff. So I, I don't know if they could, you know, they knew they could get her for the finale. So like, we'll just, we'll just put her in the finale. She'll be, you know, a part of that. Um, I'm, I'm wondering if, um, you know, as far as Death Watch goes, uh, nobody's really, nobody's really gone yet. But I'm kind of wondering if some people should be on, on the Death Watch uh, for the end of the season here. You think they're going to kill the, um, the, the Vulcan president? Oh, my God. Oh, I hope not. I'll die. Take me instead. That... I really, I, <laughs> I know that I have every week I come on here, and I'm like, I'm so embarrassed when Saru starts hiring, blah, blah, blah. But I really, <laughs> right, right. if she dies, I I would really have some feelings. That, that, I would be really very sad. It'd be really bad. Uh, I don't want that. Um, apparently something has happened between them. Uh, you know, we talked about how they kind of went off before and we didn't see what happened. Um, they took a walk. Yeah, they took a walk. Uh, I, they I did something, maybe they did some hand touching. Yeah, so, some light hand touching. Um, uh, yeah, uh, I, I liked how, uh, you know, Burnham was able to give him context. And of course that thing or the whole episode's about context, but she's like, yeah, Vulcans are like, they're nice and private, but then in public, they're just going to neg you. They're just going to like, totally like, just, <laughs> just chill you out. Cause that's, you know, that's what they do. So just watch for that and, you know. I also, that was such a sweet scene. Like, that was so nice. But I also was like, obviously, Saru, you idiot. Like, right. clearly, <laughs> she's not going to be like, you know, asking you to dinner around the people he's <laughs> Yeah, they're just making it out. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to, that's not going to be the way it is. But uh, we'll, we'll have to see if that develops or if she, if she dies. But God, hope not. Um... What else was going on? The, the the dots, the the robots got a real workout in this episode, and I don't. We have we've we've dodged the question of of the sentience of the dots. They seem to be real helpful and have a lot of personality last season, and I think we've just assumed that that's like Zora working through them because this this time around we send a bunch of them out and it's like they're all gone. It's like oh no, oh dots one through sixteen. God no. But I guess that's okay. It doesn't matter. Cute, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know when your Roomba is like, I'm stuck by a cliff, and it's like, oh no. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> but it's like the Roomba. Oh my god, the Roomba <laughs> needs help. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta yeah. get home. Yeah. Uh, so we don't have to worry about them too much. Um, I wanted to see the, um, the this field that they live in, or at least this like organic-looking kind of orb that surrounds their space is very fascinating. And maybe they didn't have time, but I hope that. Um, Either in the next episode or if this resolves, we learn more about where they live because we talked about how they seem to be kind of isolationist. Maybe that's a side effect of um, how strange they are. Um, these guys were definitely not seated by the weird bald guys from the episode The Chase. Like they have evolved maybe from outside of our galaxy. So it's hard to, to talk to uh, other species that they meet. But also uh, they, they mention it's a real quick line, but they mentioned that all the worlds in their solar system have all the same characteristics. So clearly at some point they've gone through and like, I don't know how many planets they have, but they've terraformed each one of these planets to make them exactly the right environment for them. So clearly they're a very advanced, you know, race. And um, 
I just think that that's really fascinating. Uh, maybe we'll get one of those things where we talk about having a cultural exchange of technology and then we never see any of that technology appear again. But like to meet a race that can pretty much at will, they can make, oh, we didn't even mention last week the Dyson rings that they found around the star where they used to live. Um, like these mega structures, you know, it's just like, it's really exciting that even in the 32nd century and Starfleet's got personal teleporters and all this stuff, um, they can still meet races that are like, wow, we don't, what these guys can do is just incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's wild. I mean, the scale of them is crazy in and of itself. And then, yeah, and then the technology. So it's very, I don't know. I mean, we'll have to see. It, it is really reminding me of, and again, I just finished this book, Saturn Run, but it's like in Saturn Run, they like get to take home like all this, like, you know, all the specs for like new space tech. <laughs> and so it would be like, so yeah, it would be so interesting if they were like, Mushroom Drive, that's so like, 10,006, you know? Yeah, yeah. We want, like... Mushroom drive, yeah. What's a step above the, the the spore drive? Like, what would be the next? What would be, like, the futuristic, like, what? Like a pine tree? Um, the infinite improbability drive. But they'd have to get permission <laughs> from the Douglas Adams estate to, to do that. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I'm still reeling from mushrooms. Like, that's a, that's a big... That's a big reach. Yeah. Uh, uh, mushrooms can do a lot. Yeah, apparently they can. You ever seen Hannibal? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, uh, yeah. What's what's Brian Fuller's thing with mushrooms? Um, <laughs> guy's got mushrooms in the brain. Um, you weren't scared at all by. So there's a cool conversation. Once again, uh, Culper is you know kind of um, uh, counseling Zora. Um, but right before that happens, uh, Culper's talking to Stamets, and they're talking about, oh man, after this is all over. We got to take a long vacation and just chill out. Like you didn't see that as like, uh, you know, th there's a clock ticking somewhere, you know, or like remember around the Sims, Sims death is at the door. That's like two days to retirement in Star Trek. I guess I just felt like, you know, when people love work too much and they're like, we got to take a long vacation because they're always working overtime, but then yeah. they never take the vacation. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the vibe I got from that. It's me. I, um, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to, I mean, we can't, we couldn't, uh, you know, with peace and love to Wilson Cruz, uh, Culver, I could lose Stamets. Uh, he needs to stay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Did either. you get the vibe like, Oh, it's uh, it's, it's foreshadowing and they're going to, they're going to dip just like Tilly. Oh, just like leave the show. I don't know. It, you know, if Discovery is going to be on for a long time, and it seems like it is, I think it's okay to, I mean, I want the actors to like have work and stuff, but like, I think it's, I miss Tilly, but I think it's okay that she's gone as long as she comes back. You know, I think that we've got such a big crew. It's fine to sort of, to cycle them in and out. Um, so yeah, maybe it's just maybe it's just that, um, but I just got that sort of like cold chill feeling, like oh no, some, sense, something yeah. is being suggested here. Thumbs up, thumbs up. But I hope not. Um, what do you think about the fact that uh, we find out that um, Cleveland Booker is you know is is a is a title that is sort of passed down from. From courier to courier. Like a pirate. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like a pirate. Like, uh, it's sort of like you're, the tile that you hang as a courier. You're like, this is the Booker brand. And so don't worry, I'm going to retire. But Booker number three, 
he's a good man. You know, he's going to be good at this. Uh, to be honest, it kind of, it kind of, it went in one ear, and then I was like, oh, come on, I'm gonna take that and put that over there. And I was sure. Like, yeah, I was just like, but his family called him Buck, right? He's well, he had the talk it. with his family. Like, I, I'm I'm Booker now. You will address me as name. Book or Booker. Like, don't you think his family would have, if he had taken on the the title of Cleveland Booker as a courier? Like, don't you think that then his family would be like. I was about to be like Mike, and then I was like, "We already have Michael. That's not that doesn't work." <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Stanley. Well, I mean, welcome home. There, there is friction with his family, or there, or there was um, before they said they were going to go on that long vacation, uh, and then the planet blew up. Um, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe that did exist. Um, if we can, if Discovery ever goes off the air, or if they spin another show off, like a Courier show, could be cool. Like, let's explore the entirety of the galaxy in the 32nd century, not just the parts that touch the Federation, but like... Something get a, more Firefly-esque. Yeah, Firefly-esque. Get a guy or a girl in a, in a transforming ship who is just doing jobs. Like the Mandalorian, right? Mandalorian, every single episode, he's like, I need the thing for the thing. And they're like, well, I'll give you the <laughs> thing if you do the thing for me. And he's like, all right. And then something goes wrong, and he's got to fix it with his wits, and so... I love that show. It's so, um, it's so like, I love the like monster of the week thing to me. Like Supernatural did that too in its first couple of seasons where it's like something weird's happening. Right. There's a demon in the kid, right? Yeah. Or like, yeah, in the Mandalorian, it's like, I need the space thing, but to get it, I have to shoot the space troll and, <laughs> but, and answer his riddles three. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I really... That that would be fun. I would, you know, it's just it's just good, you know, almost like, um, you know, like lo like lower decks does that almost. Where like every episode, it's like, okay, I think that there's a parasite in Boimler's girlfriend. Um, yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about uh, uh, Quizzling Watch, where we uh, look to see who's going to betray everybody. Uh, we know that uh, Ndoye has already come out as somebody who is working against uh, the Discovery's efforts to contact the 10C. Uh, do you think... Uh, we got some kind of interesting kind of uh, literal looks at, at the character reacting to things, but kind of looks at like how deep she's into this now, and they're picking this crew to go aboard, and she's like, I'm good. I, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to stay here and just check on, check well, on. Well, she things. had to though, right? Because she had to like answer Buck right. and Tarka. So Do, she like couldn't go if she's going to continue to, you know, yeah. monitor that. Now that the, the cat, as it were, is out of the bag, do you think that she will have to own up to her participation or is she going to try to keep that a secret and keep sort of working with them? I don't think she's going to say anything t until she has to. Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe there'll be like, a, you know, they'll have Tarka and they'll be like, what do this? And they'll be like, she she helped me as they're like dra dragging him out, but yeah, yeah. just for the drama of it. I don't know. I to be honest, I mean, maybe she's the one who's gonna die. Maybe she should be on our death watch. Oh, like maybe she's gonna eat it before, like you know, she's gonna redeem herself in the end. She'll eat it before anyone realizes what she's actually done, or just after they realize what she's done. Um, what a clown, though, right? I mean, I guess she's just concerned about. Earth. She's like, we got four hours here, people. So if we're just going through the linguistics of it, the map isn't working out. But yeah, um, I don't know. yeah, it's interesting that <laughs> that the Earth representative is like the 
the one who's like, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> Vulcan is like, no, we're going to work on this problem. we got to figure it out. And the Earth person's like, uh, gonna, Earth is like gonna... get the TNT, yeah. light the dynamite. Pull the plug. That's what we're going to do. Uh, yeah, so, so. That, that's interesting. Like, you know, I, I could see you're being killed. I could see you're being redeemed. But you're, gonna, you're saying redeemed then killed. Maybe. Yeah. Wasn't I just talking about this? Who was I? I feel like I just said this about a different character. Was it Tarka? Or was it Book? I feel like I just oh, I, I think, think it was I book. already brought up because I feel like I already brought up um, Merle and the Walking Dead who had a really fantastic yeah. redemption episode and then died. right, right, Spoiler right. Spoiler alert. Um, but you know, same premise. I wouldn't be surprised though if 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 book died. If Tarka died, I don't think it'd be satisfying. Really, you think it'd be unsatisfying yeah. if he did not? Well, die? I don't think it would be like satisfying if he lived. If he if well, if he does die, I don't think it would be like, like you know, when you're like that guy deserves. I hope that he dies when he does this bad thing. But then when when the but then when he does die, you're kind of like, eh, whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. I think it <laughs> it would feel better, like not feel better, but be more like more tragic, more motivating if somebody like like Booker, is it Ndoye or Ndoya died? I think um, Ndoye. Uh, died in like the in in the final effort, you know. Yeah. Well, this is a show that you know kills its villains. The villains have pretty much without fail died at the end of every season. So, if if Tarka is, if we're considering him the real villain here, then it seems like he's slated to, to to not not make it through. I mean, maybe he will get back to his universe though. Maybe his whole universe he was still, will be wasn't he, he was still working on the, on the transporter. Um, yeah. In the middle of the, you know, the episode. So I feel like, I don't know. I think it would be more, I, I still kind of, I still kind of want him to just get, be able to get back to his buddy who, and I feel like I've brought up Supernatural several times in the past few weeks. It, it is played by an actor who played a decently large character on Supernatural, which is crazy oh. I didn't realize because of the, you know. Okay. But um Oh no, that's right. I was going to mention that. Um we didn't talk about it uh, in previous weeks. Um <clears throat> you're right. He is gosh, what does he do? He's some young actor who's on something that I don't know about because I'm old. But I looked up his Twitter and he has like 200,000 followers. He's probably the and... most famous person who's ever been on Star Trek. <laughs> and and he was like tweeting stuff on his account like yeah, what's up? Just finishing up, you know, doing Star Trek. Awesome. Dream come true. And it's like I said, he's probably got the most followers of anybody who's ever done Star Trek. So a real coup. And I got and, no uh, idea who it, he is. The 80, that's because 85% of those followers are Supernatural stands. Okay. Well, there you go. But I'm all for it. I, I, I also just double check because I wasn't positive. His name's Osric Chow. But he, yeah, he played a character on Supernatural. Like, yeah. Um, anyways, it's. It, it's very well. I'm all I would, for it. I, I, yeah, I want Tarka to get back to. I want him to go to you know, paradise. Have Walker, Texas Ranger, you know, come, got, go through a time portal and, and you know, supernatural crossovers. I'm all for it. No, <laughs> please don't invoke the name. Uh, you never know. Um, anything I else? A, um, oh, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I, this is still this. This is another supernatural joke. I feel like I, I keep doing jokes from different. Franchise. I'm like super Lord of the Rings. Right. Supernatural jokes. Right. Um, well, I did I the Hitchhiker's from, Guide before, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> from I just from I was gonna say from my um 
I was gonna put myself on blast because from my supernatural era when the show was good, I had gotten um, many of the actors to, and I don't think I, I ever met Osric, but I had gotten many of the actors to sign a uh, a replica Kansas license plate that was on the car in the show. Oh. And then a maintenance man came to my apartment and he said, I gotta ask, are you from Kansas? <laughs> it was like, the answer is so much worse. Yeah. And I had to just, he didn't know what the show was. Just carry was on. For me, frankly. Right, right, I was sorry. like, thank God this man. No. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say those words in this house. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of anything else. Uh, a lot to think about uh, in this episode. But uh, yeah, um, a good setup, I think, for the last episode, which could barely believe it's the last episode. Um, what do you think is going to happen? How do you see this whole thing playing out? Okay. I'll put, I'll just make some, I'll just make some bets and then we can see how many of them I get right. Okay. I think... I think Book will die. I think Ndoye will go to prison for treason. Um, and I think Tarka, I, my gut feeling is that he will either die with Book or he will, he will be able to transport himself off. What else we got going on here? Oh, I think Saru and uh, Madam President will finally have a little, a little, you know, candlelit dinner. What haven't I covered? Is there anything I feel? Mm -hmm. um, Zora. Obviously, Zora uh, prediction. Zora, I. I just feel like she. I mean, I feel like they're not gonna. You know, she's not gonna shoot off in the last episode here. I feel like we're gonna get at least. You know. Zora's going to make it to next season. I feel like she's going to stay on the ship because I feel like we've committed at this point to just having a sentient vessel. Yeah. Um, which, if I lived on that ship, would make me nervous, but I don't, so it's none of my business. <laughs> you can play chess um, whenever you want to against a computer. I will say that would, you know, I am an only child, and a sentient computer that would play board games with me it does sound, you know, that sounds appealing. It does. Um <laughs> I don't know. I guess those are my those are my those are my gut feelings or my bets that I'm willing to take. I don't know if I have any other. Uh, you know, uh, Michael will be sad because book is a book is acting like a buffoon. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? Here's what I think, and I'll just take your five points. I think uh, I think book will live, but because I don't think this show throws mm -hmm. away, you know, people that characters and actors that they like so i think he'll live but mm -hmm. it will be either he'll go to jail or it'll be you know strained like he will go off to seek his fortune and michael will have to feel bad about it um i think it's gonna happen a grudge <laughs> yeah what happens to grudge That's if folks alive what happens to grudge uh a little kitty jail <laughs> doing doing a feline hard time um, I think you know, little handcuffs on. <laughs> right. Is it just on the front or is it on all four? Um, um, all four, but also then um, something, the tail has to be locked down. Tail well. too. Something with the tail. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think Endoye will, uh, I'm going to steal your uh, redeemed but die. Uh, maybe, um, maybe she'll do a, a Admiral Cornwall and she'll, you know, hit the button that stops the DMA 
explosion, but she's blown up with it. Uh, I think Tarka is not going to make it back. I'm writing all these down. This is why I'm uh, doing uh, this. Die or get zipped off to paradise? Uh, I think that he will die because he's a guest star. He's not, they not, not, don't want to hold on to him. And Osric, the pictures that he posted were his last day. It, they didn't look like he was like new scenes. You know what I mean? Like it looked like it was. Well, we don't need to see him though. We just need to see Tarka transporting away. Okay. But I still, I don't think that he'll make it back. And um, yeah, I, I definitely, I, I have to, we don't have to do different for everyone. I think Saru and Madam President will make it happen. And uh, Zora. A little hand touch, perhaps. Yeah. Scan gets scandalous. His, his giant hands and her little hands. Uh, his huge alien hands. And we got to go somewhere with Zora. You know, if we're going to get to uh, Calypso future, or, or if that's going to ever happen, we've got to do something with that. So, I don't know. I, I Like you, I don't think that they are ready to do it right now. But yeah. they've gone through the... The, the galactic barrier, you know, they're in interstellar or intergalactic space. Like, this is big. If there's ever a time to do something, this would be the time to do it. So I guess I'm not going to do specifics, but I am going to say we're going to move Zora towards uh, towards Calypso. I think so. Oh, there's going to be a little hint, little hint of something? Yeah, because when we see... Um, yeah, maybe she'll be lost in space, or intergalactic space. When we see um, Zora in Calypso, they're in... Tennessee makes her evacuate the ship. Maybe, yeah. When we, in Calypso, when we see the ship, it's in like this, like a lightning storm in space. Like it's in like a weird cloudy sort of thing, you know? So, yeah. and then if Craft um, in that episode is trying to get away from the Federation or the Vidrash, then maybe he has made it to, you know, almost intergalactic space getting away. So I don't know. Mm. It's a big swing, but I'm going with it. Well, it, one of us is going to win big. Yeah. Win all the nothings. <laughs> there's no prize. Exactly. One <laughs> of us is going to win big. One of us is going to win. It's like fantasy football, but there's no prize or consequence. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Just like fantasy football. Yeah. It's exactly like fantasy football. Fantasy Parisi squares. There you go. <laughs> you get fantasy life-threatening injuries from it. Well, I think that's it for our show this week. We got to clear out because we got another one coming in. But thanks for joining us, listeners. And if you like what you hear, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at EIST Pod for updates and to get notified when new episodes of both Enterprising Individuals and Discoverage are released. You can tweet to us on the show using the hashtag Discoverage and you can email us at EIST dot at gmail.com. Uh, something like that. When you're on the internet, uh, why not head to your listening platform of choice and subscribe to our show feed. Give us a rating and a review. It really helps us out. If you want to help the show grow, stop by our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash EISTpod. And as always, if you like the show, tell a friend. Discovery will return on March 17th for the 13th and final episode of Star Trek Discovery's fourth season. And we'll be here next Thursday to cover it. We're going live once again at 8 p.m. Central. So join us then. You can follow us on Twitter or Facebook at EISTPOD to get notified when we are live and broadcasting. And in the meantime, why not check out our main show at EnterprisingIndividuals.com. Every Wednesday on the show, I and a special guest discuss in excruciating detail a selected episode from a Star Trek series. And we have news from the Trek Sphere and a special guest. Uh, in fact, this week, our latest episode dropped, and on it, I'm joined by New York Times and USA Today bestselling author David R. George to talk about Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, best Star Trek film ever? I guess you'll have to listen to find out. It's very cold in space, but we have a very warm discussion about one of the standout TOS films. You can find that show in our show feed or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Ella, thanks as always for joining me to talk about tonight's episode of Discovery and remind people where they can find you online. Thank you. Uh, my home podcast is called Generations Geek. I do it with my dad. Um, we do not have a Supernatural episode. Maybe you um, should, yeah. We do, I know, right? We do have some, some Hunger Games episodes. And frankly, you know, he's behind on Star Trek and on our podcast. So I'm going to say it right now that I've been working on him to watch Twilight because I think it would be the funniest thing in the world to make my father watch Twilight. Obviously, he's never seen it. He has no idea what happens in it. Yeah. Um, and I think it would be hysterical. So, I mean, everyone keep your fingers crossed. Everyone tweet at my dad, you know. Yeah. Have you say, watch, watch Twilight. Have you ever talked about Planet of the Apes? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, sir. Okay. We got, that's, yeah, that's, um, maybe getting back into territory. People find me saying something embarrassing as, as a oh. younger teenager. Um, yeah, well, because we had, you know, those new movies come out. So, yeah, we did some Planet of the Apes shows. Yeah. That's cool. I got to listen to that. Done, I think I think we've done several. I've never seen the new movies because I was just like, you know, I, I think I'm good on Planet of the Apes. But uh, I really enjoyed the new Batman movie directed by Matt Reeves that directed a couple of those. So maybe I've been missing something. I'm going to go check it out. I'm sorry. We, we have to we have to stop. We have to hold the show for a second because have you seen the you've seen the Robert Pattinson Batman already? We'll talk about it next hour. So if you want to the card talk okay. and Batman talk, come come right okay. back. Uh, that is, you can find me on Twitter at at K-E-1-I-B-A-N and you can find all the shows on the Just Enough Trope Network at at Just Enough Trope on Twitter and that is it for us. Thanks for listening. We are signing off. This is Aaron for Ella saying live long and prosper. <laughs>